you're listening to the C to Z of Movies. My name's Colin. I am the C. Uh, with me is Zijan the Z. Hello, Zijan. Hello. We meet again. We do. We uh, we saw each other in person this week. The first time in, in several years. Not really. We saw each other last year. Did we? Yeah, we watched your film. What was the film we watched saw last year together? What? <laughs> we did. Oh, okay. I'm sure you're right. Was What's in, this? Was it in Bristol? Yes, of course. You won't come to London, will you? <laughs> I'm sure you're right, Zijan. I'm sure we did see a film together, and I'm sure was we're it great- Cruella? Oh yeah, because we was, and we we went to Nando's. Yes, exactly. It's just like uh, odd. my memory's not what times. it used to be. It was good times. Clearly, yeah. <laughs> anyway, we saw each other for the first time in uh, less than a year, and it was yes. uh, it was lovely. Uh dear. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, it's freezing cold in my house, Zijan. My, my my heating isn't working. So uh, if there's if 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 I'm on less than top form today. I call emergency. I appreciate that. I appreciate yeah. that. What we need, Zijan, yeah. is what I need, is some heat. A film that you might be hearing reference to later in our top <laughs> 10 uh, films beginning with the letter H. Uh, did you plan this? I didn't. That, 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 was, that was off the top of my head, that was. <laughs> so, you see, I'm, even, maybe, maybe being cold is, is helping. Maybe I should make myself freezing cold every episode. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're also uh, we're also talking about the film Grand Hotel, um, mm. which every time I've mentioned it to anyone, they said Grand Budapest Hotel. No, this is a different film, Grand Hotel. Uh, we've got a quiz on the Grace Kelly Alfred Hitchcock films, and much, much, much more. more. We start those season as we always do with a, a cavalcade of movie news. Oh, nice, nice, mm. do it. Yeah. Um, well, the, the first bit of news is probably the news that I spoke to you about during the quiz yes. that we finally got an interview that everyone's well not everyone most people have been craving for the interview with all three Spider-Man slash they, Peter Parker they're finally admitting it <laughs> it's been in cinemas for two months or something they're finally admitting that Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield are back and they're all sat in a room well in fact they're all sat in three different rooms on Zoom mm-hmm. uh, we have an interview with Pete Hammond from Deadline so it's up on YouTube right now for those who want to check it out um, yeah, quite quite standard questions, I think, for Toby and Andrews, basically asking about, you know, how they were asked to come back and mm. what it felt like to come back after all this this while. Which you expect from uh, a film reuniting these two, um, these three. Yes, it, it was fun interview. It wasn't, it wasn't terribly illuminating. Uh, nope. Uh, how did it feel to put the costume back on again? Did you think this was going to go down so well with the fans? This kind of thing. Um, it was nice. Uh, and they're all very nice about each other. And it seems to have been a genuinely not, um, good kind of... I think they described it as a brotherhood of Spider-Man. I think yeah. it's, uh, that's, that's, uh, it's good to see that they were kind of all working together and um, emphasising that they were there to serve Tom Holland's Spider-Man rather than uh, anything else. Which is uh, mm, That's definitely nice to hear. And Spider-Man yeah. is still making loads of money around the world and it's still not being released in China. It's still not going to China. Have they, is there something they particularly don't like about it or have they just not got around to... Uh, I have no idea. Because yeah, um, sometimes, I mean... They, I think it was Ghostbusters didn't get through because you're not allowed to do supernatural stuff. Does does multiverse stuff count as supernatural? I don't know. Yeah, uh, probably not. But like, I mean, the last Marvel Chinese film was probably um, Avengers, right? I, I, so Shang Chi oh, really? definitely didn't go through. Yeah. Um, because um, because you know. Uh, a lot of the <laughs> they they just don't like um, depictions of that. Uh, well, wasn't it because of coins about Hong Kong? Yeah, that that too. Yeah, okay. Uh, Eternals didn't get through because they don't like Chloe Zhao. Yes, yes, okay. Uh, I'm not too sure whether Black Widow went went to China. Uh, um, no, I don't. I don't know. But don't you know, know, Black Widow's all about Russia, so who knows? <laughs> well, true. China doesn't like things about Russia. Oh dear. Okay. Well, it's it, apparently it doesn't need uh, doesn't need the Chinese box office as it's doing pretty really well without it. And now what the fourth or fifth highest grossing film ever or something? <laughs> That's probably a good thing, right? I mean, yeah. it goes to show that Hollywood doesn't really need China, which, which I mean, there's been a lot of China pandering films. Mm. Um, I mean, yeah. who can remember? <laughs> who can forget the Transformers film, which suddenly the last act suddenly took place in China for no reason, just because. He, uh, well, I mean, I've not seen it, but sure. You can forget mm. the uh, the additional scenes they put in Iron Man three, where a kind of minor char- Chinese character suddenly became effectively the hero. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Yeah. Wow. No more pandering. No, there we go. The C to Z of movies have spoken. <laughs> we say no more pandering. Um, unless you want to pander to me by putting Kirsten Dunst in more Spider Man films. Speaking of which, 
Kirsten Dunst is uh, is lined up to be in a Civil War movie. Alex Garland's next movie is a futuristic Civil War. It's called Civil War, but it's about one that has yet to come. You know, I saw that piece of news. And I was like, yep, yeah, I'm not going to put that in because Colin's going to talk about it. Because Colin's going to cover it. And so I did. So I did. I got a bit confused when I saw um, to star in Civil War film. I was like, oh, they're uh, making another historical epic. But no, it's a, uh, there, are, there are Civil Wars uh, all over the place. And this one's in the future. Yeah. Uh. Your your love for Kirsten Dance is definitely greater than your love for Tom Cruise, because oh, I thought you're. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that's my second piece in here today. I think my love that I have an equal love, perhaps with both of them, but uh, but this is happier news than my Tom Cruise news, which is which <laughs> um, is sad. Is it, well, Mission Impossible Seven and Eight are to be delayed again. So these films. I'm sure at one point they seem to be the only films that were being made. There's all these stories about Tom Cruise single-handedly keeping the film industry going by still filming this. And it's like, all these blockbusters have come and gone since then. Like, people have written, directed, released entire... Exactly right. So, yes, is it next... So, it's June 2023, is it now? Uh, To put things into perspective here, the seventh film was supposed to come in in July 2020. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, I mean, it must be all completely finished. Obviously, it has to be right. I mean, if it has to be released in July twenty twenty, they have to yeah. stop filming like end of twenty nineteen, right? For for post production work, etc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you think that they just don't? I mean, I, I get you need to have full cinemas in order for it to make its money, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But do they really think that we're not going? I mean, even last summer we were people were back in cinemas pretty much. Mm. I mean, yeah. there weren't huge numbers, but they were they, they were there. Uh, yeah, so it's not, uh, do they think COVID <laughs> is going to be completely one hundred percent gone by then? It can't be that, right? I mean, th- there needs that there, there is a line that that <laughs> you know between you know waiting too long hmm. <laughs> that people actually forget about the film and not care about it anymore. Yeah. Well, because the last one was twenty seventeen, was it? It's a while back. It was a while back. That's six years ago, if that's the case. That, that might not be right, but it's, it's a good. It's going to be a big gap between films. You say, and they seem to have this belief they can't release it in the same year as Top Gun, <laughs> um, uh, which doesn't quite. I guess maybe I'm quite happy, quite happy to not watch Top Gun, guys, and watch Mission Impossible Seven. <laughs> now I'm forced to watch Top Gun because that's the only Tom Cruise film that's coming out this it. year. We have to watch at least one Tom Cruise film. Oh. Yeah, that's, that's that's the contract you signed when we started this podcast. This is the worst. Yeah, <laughs> Well, Zijan, maybe you should be suing uh, Universal, uh, much like the fans of Anita Armas, uh, <laughs> who, apparently, who are apparently suing Universal on the basis that the only reason they went to watch the film yesterday was because they saw uh, that she was in it, according to the trailer, and then her scenes were cut. They're suing for like $5 million or something like that. Yes, which I think they must be overpaying for their cinema tickets. Uh, but <laughs> this is... I mean, this would set a huge precedent if if this happened. I could, there was a case against Sony a good few years ago now, where someone was, people successfully sued on the basis that Sony had made up quotes for their posters, uh, and the, the slightly dubious claim that these people were saying, "Well, the only reason we saw this film is because some guy on a poster said it was good," but I can see why. Yeah, you can't just make up stuff. But these things, like trailers, come up way before the final cut of the film. Our studio's going to be like, well, it's in the trailer, we're going to have to show it now, otherwise we might lose $5 million to it. That's just mad. Uh, I was quite surprised that these guys weren't even American, because, uh, you know, litigation is quite a big mm. thing in America, but they weren't right, they're Swedish, if I'm not mistaken. Is that right? Okay. Yeah, so, it's so bizarre. <laughs> what what do you think would come out from this, really? And to us, I, I like Anna, Almas. I think she's very good, she's very good in the latest Bond film, but when Yesterday what? came out, no one knew who Anna de Armas was, did they? I, I'm pretty sure it's very clear from the trailers alone yeah. that Anna de Armas doesn't play a huge role in it whatsoever or doesn't contribute to the plot at all. Yeah. And, 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 and like, I, I, sure, sure. Who um, are these people saying, yeah, I want to sit through an hour and a half of uh, Himash Patel? As long as I get that five minutes of <laughs> Anna de Armas, I'm laughing. <laughs> so, yes, I, without wishing to prejudice this, this, uh, this case... Uh, I don't know what the rules are on uh, contempt of court in a civil case happening in Sweden, but um, that's nonsense, isn't it? Yep, that's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, something that I wasn't expecting as well, there's going to be, well, maybe I should be, but there's now a biopic for Vyad L. Yankovic. Yes. 
I didn't know Weird Al was as big as he was, to be fair. Like, when he first came on, um, you know, came on my radar, uh, I thought, oh, he, he's quite funny. I mean, he's just mm. doing a few parodies. Uh, I mean, this won't last like a year. He'll get bored and there'll be that, there'll be the end of his career, etc. It, I didn't even think it was a career. I thought it was just a YouTube thing. Right. But he has made a career out of it. <laughs> and, yeah, because I think he first came around in, what, the mid-90s, maybe? Mm. Uh, I guess coinciding with the whole MTV uh, thing. So maybe that's what, that kind of propelled him if he had these parody videos. But uh, yeah, and then, and then had this kind of makeup. But I, I liked Weird Al. I... I, I I enjoy his parodies. Uh, I first came across them at university. I think uh, Yoda to the tune of Lola. That was pretty oh. good. Uh, he's done some good stuff. But uh, yes, Daniel Radcliffe. Daniel Radcliffe has been choosing very diverse roles. Or, and especially very different from the Harry Potter roles that you expect him yes. to be doing. Yeah. yeah. So, well, good on him though. Um, good on Daniel Radcliffe. Um, <laughs> there's a quote from Weird Al himself uh, with the, the casting choice. He, he says that he's absolutely thrilled that Daniel will be portraying him in the film. Mm. And he has no doubt that this is the role future generations will remember him <laughs> for. So <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah, I, I mean, they don't look that similar. And I wouldn't have said Daniel offhand that Daniel Radcliffe is a, a kind of chameleonic actor who could take on a, um, any role. So I, I, I look forward to being proven wrong. Um, Weird Al himself starred in a film called UHF um, back in the 90s about someone setting up um, local, or I think local, uh, public TV station. Mm. Uh, it's quite fun, uh, but yes, this is. I, they're they're going to have to take a comedy angle to this. I, I, I yes, to my, yeah. my guess is it's going to be quite meta and self-aware. Yeah, uh, I'll watch it. Uh, yeah. Me too. Cool. Um, Dwayne Johnson is back. Um, <laughs> Was it, has he ever left? I don't think he went away. No. Um, he's well. The two two Dwayne Johnson bits of news. One of them is he's going to team up in a Christmas movie with Chris Evans. Um, an action movie called Red One which I don't think happened before our last episode, but when I say it, it sounds so familiar to me. Maybe that's just because it's the most generic piece of movie news you could possibly have. Um, but he's also making a video game movie about one of the biggest video games in the world, he says. Um, hmm. But no news on what that is yet. Is this, Sejan, the Tetris trilogy you've been waiting for for so long? Only you are waiting for that <laughs> Tetris trilogy, Colin. I just want to know what happened to the Tetris trilogy. I think it's fair to say that Tetris is one of the biggest uh, video games in the world. I think you just like the alliteration of it. Tetris trilogy, I do. Tetrilogy. <laughs> um, I do like that. And until he makes that Jenga movie I've been talking about, I'll take the Tetris one. Uh, I don't, I don't, I'm not a gamer, so I don't know what this is. Yeah, uh, me either. I mean, they've got a Pokemon film already with uh, Ryan Reynolds. They have a Sonic film with James Marston. Hmm. I mean... Those are one, some of the bigger films. There's a Mario film coming out. Yes. I'm not yeah. sure what else is out there that Dwayne Johnson would be in. I mean, are you looking at like a Call of Duty or something like that? Very action yeah. heavy? Uh, Maybe Donkey Kong. Maybe could be Donkey, Donkey Kong. Kong. I, I see you're going kind of more classic, whereas I'm thinking a slightly newer... Mm. Um, a modern modern warfare, is that a thing? No, that is Call of Duty, isn't it? Yeah, it's Call of Duty. Uh, I mean... Yeah. Um, it's not a not an area I'm familiar with, but uh, I I don't feel that I don't feel like it's a huge guy with a. It's just a generic guy, isn't it? For that one? Mm. Ah, well, I don't play yeah, a lot of Call of Duty, so I know. Um, just a small bit of other video game news while we're at it. There's going to be a sequel to Mortal Kombat. They made there a, you go. Oh, they've made a Mortal Kombat film, didn't they? I did. I saw it. I'd uh, forgotten that. Yeah. <laughs> I saw it last year. Um, it was. Yeah. Wasn't it, it, was, wasn't it, was it widely for, panned? No. No, it wasn't widely panned. It was okay. It wasn't okay. like, yeah, but it was definitely made for a sequel. Yeah. Uh, My understanding was that they'd set up a sequel that was never going to happen, but I guess I was yeah. wrong. Here we go. Yeah. Is it's The Rock. Happening. Maybe The Rock's doing it. Maybe this is the biggest uh, <laughs> movie uh, video game he was talking about. Uh, um, speaking about more sequels, Chicken Run sequel has a title now. Mm. And it's now called Chicken Run Dawn of the Nugget. Yeah, I don't like it. <laughs> I, I don't is like is that supposed to be a pun on something that I'm not well maybe that's it it kind of sounds like it should be (laughs) but uh, I mean there's Dawn of the Dead but Dead does not sound like Nugget and I I imagine this isn't going to be a zombie movie Uh, no so no it just feels like they've put what they think is a funny sounding chicken word in in a title Hmm. the Ginger and Rocky voices are now being provided by Tandu Newton and Zachary Levi Hmm. and um, yeah but it's Artman though I'm I'm going to watch Artman because I love Artman Hmm. and there's going to be a new Wallace and Gromit film as well in 2024 oh yeah Mm, not got, Netflix. We don't know anything about that yet, or was it? No, nothing yet. Uh, 
Do you know who's voicing? Because Peter Salas has uh, passed away now, hasn't he? Last quite a while ago. Mm. Now. Um, yeah. he, was, he was Wallace. But because uh, I'm, I'm assuming they keep making, I just in, in my mind they must be doing like Wallace and Gromit adverts or something. They must have found a voice for Wallace who's turned up in something since then. But I don't know. I don't know who that you is. You think so, right? If you can hear an ice cream van in the background, that's because a rather optimistic ice cream van has come down my street. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, in, on I mean, the 30th of January yeah I mean if it was a hot chocolate vendor I'd be right down there but um, I'm not sure I want to I'm not sure I want ice cream in my freezing cold house um, Jason Momoa is in talks to play a villain in Fast and Furious 10 wow that's still happening speaking of films that Dwayne Johnson is definitively not going to be in <laughs> uh, I don't care don't know I why I said it, to be honest. There you go. That's news. Ten, man. Ten. We have to do another quiz again. Yes. Yes. I've, yeah. Maybe we should do an episode. Maybe we should watch all ten of them. Oh, I've not seen any of them. I've only seen the Hobbs and Shaw spin-off. Wow. That, yeah. Well, Colin, that, that will be your uh, year-end thing to do when you need to oh. make uh, 365 films. You can watch 10 Fast and Furious films. You honestly, Jen, I've watched so few films this year. Uh, I think <laughs> doing seven in the last day of the last year really put me <laughs> off films. I think I maybe have watched five films this year. Like you want to change this podcast, Colin? We can yeah, I want to I want, I want segue. Uh, I think we should just become a... Well, let's, let's become an ice cream tasting segue, uh, uh, podcast, rather. I can uh, I can go and stop this ice cream van. We can we can sample ice creams. We can talk about them. What's your favorite uh, What's your favorite ice creams, Eden? Uh, anything with chocolate and peanut butter. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> I feel I feel that we uh, we might have to set up rival podcasts. <laughs> it's it's going to be a very short one. Well. <laughs> uh, so uh, Robert Pattinson is in talks to star in Bong Joon Ho's next film. Mm. Uh, Bong Joon Ho from Parasite fame. Uh, the director's in talks to adapt uh, Mickey 7. And it's a book that's not out yet, basically. <laughs> oh, really? I, I saw yeah. that. I didn't, I didn't realize it wasn't yet out. Okay. The book is out this spring um, wow. by Edward Ashton. And it's a sci-fi book. So About someone uh, who regenerates. Yep. And uh, 7 because he's the 7th uh, version of it. Makes mm-hmm. sense. Okay, I'm, I'm assuming well, Robert Pattinson for the lead, um, rather than nothing else. Yeah, we're going to see Robert Pattinson soon, uh, later this year as well, anyway. Yeah, yeah, not too long now for The Batman. Uh-huh. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal is going to star in a movie called Cut and Run, which is an action movie about thieves using speedboats. Uh, <laughs> uh, sounds thrilling, uh, high octane. It sounds like Speed 2. Um, no, it sounds, I don't know, I like Jake Gyllenhaal. He tends to go for more uh, character-driven stuff than action these days, but uh, mm. uh, we don't know much about that. I don't think, at least I don't. So, uh, but uh, could could be a good one. Could be, could be a generic thing we forget about almost immediately. Yep, that that too. <laughs> like like all films, Colin. Could be good. or could be bad. Uh, <laughs> I've been doing this podcast for a few years now, and I think I've nailed it. I think I've nailed film criticism. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, Back in 2019, we learned that John Krasinski and Ryan Reynolds are teaming up for a new fantasy comedy called Imaginary Friends. I remember it well. Yep. He's added more people to uh, the cast now with Steve Carell, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Fiona Shaw, and Minari's Alan Kim. Uh, it's also mm. now called IF because for reasons. I have no idea it, why. Uh, yeah, it's I mean, it stands, for, it stands for Imaginary Friends. I'm confident of that. Yep. Um, it's probably but... easier to pronounce as well. But yeah, although there's going to be so much like, is it if or is it if? It's going to be. Uh, <laughs> oh. going to be I quite like that though. If I'm assuming it is a, maybe they're working in some sort of hypothetical scenario. Cool. Um, what else have we got here? Uh, Anthony Mackie is going to direct a film called Spark, um, which is about Claudette Colvin, who is um, I saw described as one of the unsung heroes of the civil rights movement. Although I have come across her a few times, so I think she's fairly sung these days. Maybe she was unsung for a while. Uh, which will be starring uh, Sania Sydney, I think I'm pronouncing that rightly, uh, mm-hmm. who uh, played Venus Williams in the in King Richard. Um, so she'll be starring as Claudette Colvin. Uh, but as far as I'm aware, Anthony Mackie's not directed before. No, I think this is his um, so, debut. So, um, so yeah, I think a lot of actors, well, their, their first film, they do quite a, um, uh, I guess, a low-budget uh, character piece, I think, which sounds like this might well be. Mm. But it uh, sounds interesting. Um. Tom Hanks is back. Uh, 
Mark Foster is directing him in a Swedish remake of A Man Called Ulf. In a Swedish remake? <laughs> well, it's not a Swedish remake. He's, <laughs> no, it's a remake of a Swedish film uh, called A Man Called Ulf. Yeah. I, I mean, I would love to see Tom Hanks in a Swedish remake. That'd be great. Oh, that could work. Yeah. yeah. He strikes um, me as someone who doesn't speak any foreign languages. I've got nothing to base that on. But, uh. <laughs> so, uh, A Man Called Ulf is about a grumpy widower, which I think Tom Hanks is in the right age to play, who's, uh, yeah, whose sense of unhappiness is heightened when he's dumped from the neighborhood association where he lives. Oh, it's, did this win the Oscar for foreign language? I it's only nominated, I think. I've, I've come across it um, oh. vaguely before. Uh, one last bit from me. John Cena and Alison Brie are on for an action comedy called Freelance, um, in which... Uh, I think she is some sort of star, an actress or a singer or something. Uh, and in the middle of being interviewed, uh, a military coup takes place. And so they have to go off into the jungle. And hijinks ensue. Hijinks definitely ensue. Uh, I don't know if they're being paired up romantically. Something about John Cena and Alison Brie don't strike me as as compatible couple. But I don't know, maybe it's the height thing. Alison Brie looks very young as well, though. Mm, she yes. Yes, so maybe... I, I don't know if that's what they're going with or not, so it might not be that. Mm. Uh, uh, my last bit of news is that we there could be a production studio in space. <laughs> are we allowed to lie in the news section now? Okay. Are we not? No, I'm pretty <laughs> sure this came out, this came out in, the, in the news section that I've yeah, seen. Yeah, anyway. I think you may it's not, this, it's not, this, Yeah, this, this is... There's a movie studio in space. Okay. Um, I mean, it's not April 1st yet, right? So not yet. I is assume this, uh, American? Russian? No. Uh, American, American. Space Entertainment Enterprise that's the name of the company has you mm-hmm. know, plans to build a production studio uh, attached to the International Space Station well, so, I, know, I know Tom Cruise is filming some stuff in space isn't he mm-hmm. um, I don't know if he's doing it with them I thought things over okay good fine I know, right? <laughs> it's one of those things that I think I will definitely watch a film in space particularly if it's got Tom Cruise but after the first time it's going to get less and less exciting. I mean, by the twelfth time we've got our films in space, and like you could have just filmed this in Arkansas, it would have worked. exactly. Yeah, I'm not sure what they can do in space that they can't accomplish down on Earth. Really. No, no. Once once you've lost the gimmick, that's it. You're gone, aren't you? Mm. Uh, okay. We move on, Zijan, to uh, to see or not to Z, the segment where we tell you about films we've recently seen and tell you the list and whether you see them or not. Z them, Zijan. Have you been watching films? We spoke about this, uh, and because of your lack of watching films, you've yes. seen a film that I've seen. So I've seen a film that you've seen before as well. Brilliant. Uh, <laughs> so this will be quick. Um, I watched Free Solo recently. Ah, good man. And it's amazing. It's, it's really good. Great, isn't it? yeah. yeah. That he's incredible, man. So this is a Oscar-winning documentary about Alex Hono climbing El Capitan. Um, free solo without ropes basically mm. this is on Disney Plus for those who want to watch it it's, it's just incredible really like the the sheer strength both physically and mentally to just climb that why why would you do that it's <laughs> it's so nerve wracking <laughs> even though we know he survived <laughs> yeah well you think I wasn't 100% sure because I, I hadn't seen anything else about him so you think well maybe it's going to be one of those weird ones where he actually dies but uh, I was fairly comfortable wasn't yeah, um, I'll be quick as well because I've seen Encanto, which you recently did, um, <laughs> which you recently did on the podcast. Um, it's also on Disney Plus. In fact, we don't talk about Bruno is is doing very well in the charts, I believe, and been but it's not nominated for an uh, best song. song, is it not? Because it's not been put up really. Um, they had to put up the the they had to put up their offerings, which song they want to get nominated mm. before the Encanto was released. Oh. So what Disney and Lee Miranda did, they chose the, I think it was the Spanish song, the two, two butterflies, the two crickets, Dos, I can't remember what it's called. So the, the, that slow song that they sang, uh, clearly okay. it was not as memorable. I, I, don't, <laughs> I, I don't remember that. There's, there's a good one about um, Under Pressure. It's not called Under Pressure, but the one on the front. Oh, I love that. Surface Pressure. Yeah, that's good. So um, for those who don't remember Zijan's review, it is, uh, which only happened like two weeks ago or something. So <laughs> um, it's about a family uh, who have uh, special oh, gifts, um, uh, except there's one character who does not. Um, and you're basically following through. Uh, uh, looking into this family, or, or kind of um, trying to track down a long lost brother and various bits and pieces. And my main thought 
I've got two main thoughts. I enjoyed this okay. film, and, and there's good songs, and it was, it was fun. But I was thinking, well, firstly, a lot of these gifts seem to be curses. So the, sis- <laughs> the sister who, whenever she's unhappy, there's a rain cloud above her. I was like, well, who wants that? It's <laughs> terrible. And I was also thinking, no one seems to care about the dad, you know? Because everyone's banging on about how awful it is not to have a gift. And he's like, he, he married into this family. He's got no gifts. He's like, he's fine. Anyway, I thought they were being very insensitive to the dad. <laughs> There you go. There you go. But yes, it's fun. Check it out. Um, we move on. Uh, moving slightly out of order, we're going to go to Look Back in Oscar, the segment where we talk about a film that's won the Best Picture Oscar in the past, because we don't know which ones win it in the future. And it is Grand Hotel. Zijan, oh. tell us about Grand Hotel. So Grand Hotel was the 1932 American pre-code film directed mm. by Edmund Golding. So when we say pre-code here, it's in that period between 1929 and 1934. Um, so in 1929, there was adoption of sound uh, in films. So that was then. And uh, in 1934, they introduced the Hayes Code, which was mostly censorship, really. Mm. Um, so this was one of the films that got away with having sounds, but pre-censorship. Yeah, although I guess since we're on the, on the topic, it, it, it felt fairly self-censored anyway. I'm not, I was, thought did, so, yeah. yeah the the, the version I saw felt censored. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Were there different versions? I don't know. That's the thing. Like I, I only saw one copy. I thought there were some weird cuts. There's like something happened here. Yeah, I think that's just the way. I think it was just early, early cinema. They, 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 ah, the they, they cut between close-ups and and the sun because they were, I guess, didn't have masters of film and stuff. Sometimes the cuts a bit awkward. But uh, yeah, it, it felt it didn't feel like it would have breached the code. No, I don't think so. Um, it's the only film to have won the Academy Award for Best Picture without being nominated in any other category. So for those Pub Quizzes fans, mm. there's some trivia for you. Um, yeah, and it's quite a cast of characters, but it mostly focuses on John Barrymore as Baron Felix von Geigen, who squandered his fortune as in the hotel to steal the pearls of Russian ballerina Gruzinkaya, played by Greta Garbo. Yeah, so it's also around, uh, obviously, the Grand Hotel. It's a phenomenal set. I mean, I guess it probably is a hotel. Um, and you get to see the various different people staying there. So there's, there's another chap who is played by a different Barrymore. Lionel Barrymore. No. Mm-hmm. Yes. One of the Barrymores. Um, who's his brother. I mean, he's um, a fairly lowly employee, but he, he knows he's going to die fairly soon. So he's decided to spend all his savings staying in this fantastic hotel and living like a like a gentleman. Uh, and we have Joan Fontaine um, as a stenographer. Joan Crawford. Joan Crawford. I was going to say, I thought she looked nothing like Joan Fontaine. Yeah. <laughs> that would explain why that, that was the case. Okay. That's explained a lot to me, because I was like, well, that's a complete transformation to what I've seen in other films. Joan Crawford. That makes more sense. Mm-hmm. Although, speaking of transformations, um, it was Lionel Barrymore, wasn't it, who was the uh, the lowly employee rather than the Baron? It was, yeah. yeah. Um, he played Mr. Potter uh, in It's a Wonderful Life. Um, have you seen It's a oh. Wonderful Life yet? Nope, not no, yet. Okay. Uh, Mr. Potter was, was kind of the old villain of, of the film and um, completely different character to this one. He was very, very lovable and kind of, uh, yes, the, the good guy of the scenario that you feel sorry for. Whereas mm. Mr. Potter was the cruel, harsh uh, enemy of the, of the people. So uh, that was uh, fascinating to see. Uh, Greta Garbo... One of the more famous act- actors of, of the time. I was looking through her IMDb. I'm not sure I've heard of anything she's done. <laughs> Which, uh, surprised me. And this is the first Greta Garbo film I've seen, certainly. But uh, it includes the, her famous line, uh, I want to be alone. Yeah. Which became famous, I think, because the actress herself basically went into seclusion. And so people ah, kind of okay. retrospectively went back and said, ah, Cause, okay. Yeah, because I, when, when I saw that line was famous, I was like, I don't particularly remember it having such a big impact in the film whatsoever, but... Yeah, yeah same, cause I, so I looked into it a bit, because I, I, I knew that she had gone into it, but it kind of made a bit more sense in, in retrospect. I don't know if it was big at the time. Mm. Yeah, so um, I like this film. I, I, I like this film a lot, actually. Um, a lot of things that I like. I, like, I love the opening scene, the way they introduce all the characters by getting them to speak on the phone. I thought that was very clever, um, especially since telephones are used very prominently in the film, uh, mm. not to spoil too much. But I like that, you know, how they <laughs> I am spotting a film from 1932. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's probably okay. Yes. Yeah. Although this, I, I liked the, the concept uh, and I liked the fact that they didn't rely on you remembering too much of what was said then because I was like, are we really supposed to have committed all this to memory? Mm. But there was some really terrible phone acting. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, some, some was good, but some of them 
clearly have never acted a phone conversation before. Um, <laughs> yeah, I like this film. I, I, I thought uh, so. It's based on a play. Mm. I think at the time, some of the reviews kind of were, were a bit down on this compared to the to the play. But it is a great cast uh, and and yeah. yeah, good interactions. And it's one of the things I think uh, these days would probably be a mini series because you could really drag out, well, not drag out cool, but you could really but, like, delve into these characters in this hotel. Yeah, but I think it's quite clever that it didn't though. Like, I mean, the whole point was how insignificant thing you are, right? In the grand mm. scheme of things, that's probably is like this big event happened in the hotel. There's a murder, by the way. <laughs> Spoilers. There's a murder which kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, <laughs> yeah, which, that yeah. definitely was surprising to me. I didn't expect that at all. Mm. And then, like at the end of it, new people came in, and then things were just back to normal. Like nothing. Now, I think I think it works as a film because that's what I was trying to emphasize, right? Mm. Ultimately, that your life is insignificant in the grand in the yeah. Yeah, and there's a, there's a chap who has this line at the start and again at the end saying, uh, "Grand Hotel people come and go, and nothing ever changes." I think I guess from his point of view, yeah, all their lives change um, beyond recognition. But as far as he's concerned, they go in, they go out. Yeah, yeah. everything stays the same. Yeah. Very good. I think definitely. Uh, before we, before we hit records, Ejen, you were talking about um, maybe one day uh, ranking all of these uh, look back in Oscar films, yeah. and I think this would um, this would definitely be uh, in my in my top half. I don't know. Mm. I haven't thought too hard about it. But it's, it's, it's a good one. It's a good one. There's a lot. Well, that's the thing. I think other, the, the, other than a, a few, including let's not forget Tom Jones, which we both hated. Um, there's been very few duds. That's so, true. Yeah. Uh, next time it is Actor Factor, where we look at the films of a particular actor, uh, Zijan. Who are we actor yep. factoring next time? Uh, again, I should check this. Uh, I'm going to do Josh Brolin. Josh Brolin, okay. I don't know if we've done Josh Brolin or not. <laughs> we may do. If we have done him, we'll do James Brolin. Yes. It'll be quicker because I'm not sure I've seen any James Brolin films. Um, we move on to our main segment of the day which what kind of time are we at because this is going to take a while Um, it is the top 10 films beginning with the letter H for our 150th episode (laughs) special Zijan I uh, as ever I put this out on on Facebook and uh, a good number of people a lot of people in fact uh, made suggestions of their favourite films from letter H and two people Rob and my friend uh, my friend Simon my brother Simon who was also my friend um, both said that it was their favourite episodes of the podcast are our uh, this just goes to show how maybe. popular these are. Like, but to be fair though, the listeners' uh, percentage for this doesn't really show that. Okay, it's it's, it's not many people listen, but the ones who do love it. That's, <laughs> that's, that's what we're learning here. Um, so the uh, the deeply unfair system, as it always is, uh, is that Zizi and I will list our top ten. Uh, in ascending order and we will assign uh, points one to ten on that basis, and then I will go through the. 94 uh, different votes from other people uh, and they'll get one point each Um, wow yeah oh there's a lot of repeats in there Uh, they'll get one point each and then the total points uh, will decide the the top well the top 10 the top yeah the top 10 films begin with letter H (sighs) I'm tired already (laughs) exhausted we're (laughs) starting this Uh, as ever um, the um, and A at the start is fine so uh, we've got a few of those uh, Zijan, do you want to kick us off with your number 10? Yeah, I think the bottom 10... Uh, the, not bottom 10. The bottom, the bottom 10. Few, yep. the you've, bottom done, 10. you've done your least favourite 10 films beginning with... The other way around. No, the, the last few are always a little bit tenuous. I, I just put them in because, you know, I needed to fill out my 10. Uh, are the but, uh, the bottom 9 nine-ewers? Yeah. <laughs> um, basically... <laughs> <laughs> We've picked Zijan, that's the best we're going to do. It was good, though. It was good. <laughs> So my number ten is Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. Oh, that's number three in the series, right? Yep. Cool. Which is uh, probably the the because this was down, directed by Alfonso Cuaron, who is a very well respected director in his own right as well. Mm. Um, um, and of course, uh, this was the shift in things to come in Harry Potter. Like the first two films were much more kiddie and childish, and the third one became a lot more darker. Um, so yeah, I'm yeah. going to speed this up because it's going to be very quick. Going to be <laughs> fairly quick to but I, yeah, I think three is where they start getting good. Uh, the first yes. two are kind of like, hey, look, magic. Um, uh, there came a point where I got a bit annoyed with like, each Harry Potter film was like, it's darker than the last one, which generally was fairly literally meant it was darker. Could, <laughs> by then you could barely see what was happening. Uh, yeah, so that's, that's fair enough. Uh, my number 10, again, I usually find it, I usually find I can do a top 10 that I really love, but um, I was scraping around a bit the lower reaches here. Uh, yep. But Hell or High Water, 
um, which was kind of a neo-Western, I think is the phrase, or it's a modern-day Western that came out a few years ago. There's uh, Chris Pine and Ben Foster. Um, and I, I must admit, I've only seen it one time, but uh, it was very well received, and it's, and it's very good. They're kind of slow... And it's got all the hallmarks of a western, but it is, it's it's um, taking those those hallmarks and, and modernizing modernizing them with um, a couple of guys robbing banks in uh, I think Texas, but I could be wrong. And uh, Jeff Bridges as well, I think. Oh, I've not seen that. Um, my number nine is Hustlers. All oh, right. Yeah. So this was surprisingly good. You know, when you hear about Jennifer Lopez in a film, you think about Jiggly. It's <laughs> <laughs> a little unfair, though, right? Okay. You think about Made in Manhattan. Yes. Uh, my monster-in-law, basically. All oh, right. Okay. Yeah. So I've seen quite a few Jennifer Lopez films. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to do Act of Fact of Jennifer Lopez. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, this was a very uh, a surprisingly good film. Uh, it's about a good group of strippers who begin to steal monies by drugging... Uh, stock traders and CEOs um, and it has Jennifer Lopez and Constant Wu in it from uh, Crazy Rich Asians um, mm. it's gotten very good reviews as well um, yeah I never I never watched it I think it struck me as like, I don't know this whole kind of like isn't stripping empowering um, put me off maybe that's not what it's about I don't know another another empowering tale in uh, number nine for me which is The Help um, which was uh, Emma Stone uh, Viola Davis, Octavia Spencer, Bryce Dallas Howard, and others, um, which was the story of uh, hired help in, in America, and they kind of well, basically a story about racism, um, but trying, trying to uh, Emma Stone is a journalist or, or an aspiring journalist who wants to, mm. to uh, write about their experiences, um, and yes, Viola Davis and Octavia Spencer were both excellent in, in particular. Uh, I think I feel like Jessica Chastain was really good as well. Yes, and was, yes, she was very good. Wasn't she? Was it Bryce Dallas Howard in it? She was in it. Right? Yes, she yes. was. Yeah, and Jessica Chastain, of course. Yes, was 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 very um, uh, was very. It's basically it's an all star cast. Alison Janney was very good in it. Um, it. It is a wonderful cast, though I have to say, like mm. of all the casts. Yeah, it's, but it's uh, it's probably it's one of the more light hearted looks at racism, if I if I can say that. Um, I think it, it's not a. I mean, it's not Twelve Years a Slave or something. It's not a like, deep, somber no, no. film. It's nothing like that. But uh, it gets to the root of of some very tricky subjects, but also doing it in a light-hearted way. It's based on a book um, by Emma Stockard, I want to say. Mm. Something like that, uh, which is also very good. Uh, it, it is a good book, um, and but the book is also very light uh, touch on racism mm. as well. So it's not. It, it follows the book quite well, very religiously. So. Mm, yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. The help is on my list, but you'll I'll let you know when. Look at that. Uh, number eight. Um, I put homework bound, Colin. But you can talk about it when you reach your <laughs> position, because I don't. I know it's up there, so I'm not going to talk. Uh, I'm not were... going to say anything about it, because you can do a better job selling it rather than me. Fair enough. Um, number eight for me is the Hunger Games, which uh, was obviously Jennifer Lawrence, um, and based on the book by or the book by Suzanne Collins. Was the rest of the Hunger Games films kind of got worse every time? I think, and in fact, they moved to a new director, uh, Francis Lawrence, but I think he took over. Uh, and I think they got really drab and boring, frankly. Um, but I think the the first one, whilst it got some criticism for maybe not being visceral enough, but it, it was I, to me, I thought she was absolutely phenomenal in it, and it was a really good adaptation of the of the source material. Um, it's, it feels like it's maybe dying out of the, the zeitgeist a little bit. You don't hear people talk that much about Hunger Games anymore. Well, you don't hear um, people talk about young adult adaptations. No, no, not so much, not so much. But for, for that first one, I thought was uh, was really good. Jennifer Lawrence won the Oscar that year uh, for a different film, but I thought I thought she was really good in that. Hmm. My number seven is uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Uh, of course, I, I I thought that. Would have guessed that might be slightly higher for you actually. Okay. Yeah, but only because more of nostalgia than anything else. To mm. be fair, but it's really good though. When I remember watching that when I was a kid, and you were blown away by everything, and it also helped that you know my parents went to I think Epcot Center back oh, then, yeah. and they were, yeah back then you could. I think I remember very vividly my parents were telling because I didn't go. <laughs> mm. It's only my parents, but they 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 went to this four D theater where they saw Honey. I shrunk the kids and they were saying like oh you have water spring onto them when the sprinklers came out and uh, okay. um, I was so fascinated by it when I heard about it when I was a young child and but just watching the film is it's just incredible and I know the graphics are so dated now when you see it it's like awful like pure awful the, the giant ants looks really really bad but you know when watching it back then it was wonderful 
it's on my Disney Plus list to watch again to see if it was as good as I remember. But um, I, I only very vaguely remember. It. Did you watch any of the sequels? Uh, Honey, I blew up the kid, right? I uh, blew up the baby, I think. But, uh, oh. Uh, and then no, Honey, uh, We Shrunk, I Shrunk Ourselves, I think, was the third one. <laughs> it's Rick Moranis, right? In- yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yes, no, it's, it's, it's come up from some other votes as well. Um, for me, uh, it's Hannah and Her Sisters, uh, number seven, um, which I, I'm not really a fan of Woody Allen's films, uh, a lot of them. I find his dialogue mostly excruciating. Um, and I've not, I've, but weirdly, I've watched a lot of them because I just keep giving them another try. And my friend Justin um, suggested that this was a this was a good one, uh, so I finally got round to it, and it is. It stars Michael Caine, who I think might have won an Oscar for it. Now I, oh, now I think about it. Um, who is a guy who's married, but he's in love with with someone else, uh, and he's a real creep, to be honest, as Woody Allen heroes <laughs> tend to be. But uh, it's by far the best Woody Allen film I've seen. Uh, and I would say, yeah, check it out. It's it's very well observed. Nice. Uh, it's number six for me, and this would be the help. We spoke about that, so there you go. <laughs> uh, you always manage to do this somehow. Uh, I, I I didn't do that for Homeward Bound, Colin. Yes, oh, that's true. Um, <laughs> for me, it's Hot Fuzz. Um, Edgar Wright. It's uh, a, a satire, and a parody of, of I guess of of um, police procedurals, but set in um, small town. Somerset, in fact, in, in, in Wells, which is where, or near where Edgar Wright grew up, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost reteaming after Shaun of the Dead um, with hilarious consequences. Uh, Timothy Dalton is really good in this film. Yeah, um, I love him in this film. Yes. <laughs> Mustache <laughs> twirling. <laughs> yes, <laughs> smarmy uh, supermarket owner. Uh, I think I, I, I still ranks below Shaun of the Dead for me in, in these things, but um, was still uh, very, very good and like like all Edgar Wright's films, um, definitely worth rewatching. Uh, How fast is up there for me? Um, it's it is one of my it is my favorite Edgar Wright films of the mm. Coronado trilogy. So, did yeah, it make your, really did good. it make your top ten? Yeah, it did. <laughs> it's in top. It's in the top five. So there okay. you go. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Uh, my number is it five now? I think so. Yeah. Yep. It's uh, Hunchback of Notre Dame. Okay. The Disney film, which of course. of course they're making a live action film of it, uh, coming out soon in twenty twenty three, I believe. Uh, I saw it a long time ago, uh, and I didn't really like it back then. Um, and then, but I recently came across the soundtrack for the Broadway musical, and then I grew and, and then I watched it recently as well last week, um, just to just to remember what it was like and. Oh, yeah. It's really good. Uh, I think the reason why I didn't appreciate it back when I was a kid was because it covers a lot of dark themes about religion, okay. uh, especially religion, religions uh, extreme in its extremes. Um, but so I probably couldn't relate that much when I was a child. It's quite an adult film for a Disney film. <laughs> hmm. In that sense, quite mature. Uh, it tackles very dark themes uh, compared to right uh, to other Disney films. Uh, some of the songs don't really work in the film, but overall, I think it's it's, it's really good. Is, I I don't know it at all. Is there a famous song from it? Uh, out there, that's the I Want song. Uh, there is um, Topsy Turvy. No, yeah, you, probably not. Nothing these, famous. These really. Nothing to me. No. Okay. Yeah, okay. nothing famous. Yeah, but it's yeah, it's pretty decent. Number five for me, going back to the 60s, uh, it's A Hard Day's Night. It's the Beatles' uh, first film uh, around the song and album Hard Day's Night, but it's a, basically it's a, they're playing fictionalised versions of themselves trying to get to the studios to do a gig. Um, and it's uh, it's black and white, even though colour uh, film was, was happening alone. They thought it would be nice for black and white. Uh, the Beatles made a few films back in the '60s. It was quite a thing for for move for singers to do films. So Elvis Presley has done phenomenal numbers of films, and they're all almost all um, barely made an impact. Uh, the Beatles only made about four, I think. But this this really captures the height of Beatlemania uh, with screaming fans and really boisterous young like young guys all in the early twenties. Great soundtrack, of course, because it's the Beatles. Uh, but I think it just really captures that joy and its silliness. Um, it's fun. They're not great at acting in general. <laughs> um, Ringo oh. is better than the rest, and he he made a few films after that. Uh, Paul is terrible. <laughs> uh, if, you, if you're going to watch one Beatles film, make that one the one you watch. I watched yesterday. That's more than enough. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
Was it because Alan Thomas was in it? Yeah, that's why. <laughs> okay. My number four is Hidden Figures. Okay. Yep. Uh, about African-American female mathematicians uh, starring Tara G.P. Henson, Octavia Spencer, and Janelle Morey, and Kevin Costner. And... and K- Kirsten Dunst. Oh, no. <laughs> She's in that film. She is there somehow. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and it's about their contribution back to NASA. Uh, yeah, back when, uh, well, back when there was there's still segregation, uh, which is so surprising, so weird. Such mm. a weird thought that this was so recent as well. It's such a weird idea, weird concept. But yeah, that, that's that's how quickly times change, I guess. Um, yeah, and but the yeah. famous scene of of her kind of having to run across the entire NASA campus to use the toilet because that's the only place yeah. that the black people could use the toilet. This yeah, this got various nominations. I don't think it won any Oscars, did it? No, it didn't. It definitely didn't. Um, uh, but I mean, to me, it felt very much a kind of a, a painting by, painting numbers. by numbers. Yeah, yeah. It, it was good, but it didn't do anything. I wasn't expecting it to do really. Um, so yeah, I, I, others have really uh, loved this film. I know, and in fact, you're not the only person to have given points, and you put it up in in your top four. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it didn't make my top ten. Prayer. Um, but I'll tell you what I did. Uh, it did. The number four is Hunt for the Wilder People. Taika Waititi's. Uh, I'm not well. I was going to say his his uh, first big film, but he'd already done um, Boy before that, done well. But I think this probably broke through a bit more than that. Uh, it's about a young lad, um, and he wants to find the Wilder People, I guess. Um, with uh, Sam Neill, his adoptive father. Um, who seems quite reluctant through the whole adopting process, but then his his uh, wife dies, and it's kind of this, this story of their relationship. Um, oh. And it's very very funny. I think it, um, it's Julian Dennison uh, is the boy who later gone to be in Deadpool too. Uh, but it's that kind of deadpan New Zealand humour that Taika Waititi uh, does so well, and he's got a great cast in this that, that do a great job on it as well. Nice. Uh, my number three is uh, Hacksaw Ridge. Hacksaw Ridge? I forgot about Hacksaw Ridge. Oh. <laughs> uh, are you going to squeeze it in somewhere now? Well, it's too late. Um, 2.5. You I can kick something off now. That's, that's a great film. Kick oh. something out. Kick something out. I, I, I think I should redo all my numbers. Maybe yeah, I, maybe I mean, I come on. Oh. Um, <laughs> Can't uh, Hacksaw Ridge is... I thought the, I had this on DVD, but I, I went through my list of DVDs and... Um, wasn't oh, there. Colin... Hmm. Um, directed by Mel Gibson, uh, it stars uh, Andrew Garfield as the pacifist, uh, mm. combat medic. Um, yeah, it's it's probably it's a very well done war film, I would say, a mm. very very well done war film, and that's quite hard to do. I think um, I think I can't, can't remember when this came out. Was it 2016, maybe? But yeah, about right. Yeah. Before that, I think the only war film that I really enjoyed was Saving Private Ryan. Mm. Um, and and then this came out and it's like wow uh, it's been a while since I've seen a very good war film and this is wow this is one of them it's very moving, uh, very good portrayal of war um, and great performances by Andrew Garfield like it's incredible in it yeah I I absolutely agree I think the nothing has got across the horrors of war like the danger when they're on, on this ridge and just bullets flying everywhere and you see them like yeah. oh, hiding behind a tiny scrap of earth to try and get away and you think yeah, you feel like any second anyone could die and I think a lot of war films are about the glory and bravery of war and this yeah. is very, very much this is just horrific um, maybe slightly mawkish at times but uh, if, I, if I had to criticise it but no, I mean really how good. often do you see Sam Worthington in the film right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> poor old Sam Worthington <laughs> We're going to see him in 12 Avatar films, so get used to it. Um, yeah, I, I've, I mean, this would have been in my top 10 if I'd remembered it. You can put it in, Colin. You uh, can just adjust it. To be honest, it would be fairly low down the top 10. I don't think it's going to affect Our well. podcast, our rules. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm worried about my spreadsheet. <laughs> Number three for me is a great film. It's Harvey, uh, starring Jimmy Stewart, Elwood P. Dowd, uh, a gentleman who... Um, if you can see, and has an imaginary friend who's a puka, um, which is a, I'm not sure what that is in general, but in this film it's a, a large uh, rabbit that only you can see. Um, and there's, I saw this film many years ago, but I've certainly seen it several times since. I think I've, this is where I first saw Jimmy Stewart, who's one of my favourite actors, and he's so good in this film. It was an adaptation of a play, in which I think he'd also played on stage. Uh, and you're left kind of thinking, is he... 
uh, is this real Harvey or is is he a, like an alcoholic? I think all his family think he is. Um, and there's a, there's a doctor who who talks to him, and um, the doctor actually, in fact, um, in the end, starts to see Harvey. And he's just such a nice character, uh, Edward P. Dowd. That you think it's almost kind of like even if this isn't real, you can, he's such a happy life he's got. Uh, you think well maybe it's it's all okay. So um, if you're going to watch any Jimmy Stewart film. It should be It's a Wonderful Life. If you're going to watch Tudy Museo films, um, <laughs> check out Harvey. It's uh, it's wonderful. My number two is Her. Mm. Uh, it's uh, directed by Spike Jones with Joaquin Phoenix and Scarlett Johansson. Um, a very moving tale of a lonely man falling in love with his AI assistant. And I have, oh no, I had the DVD for <laughs> Her. But you uh, sold it for one penny to uh, the <laughs> Central Entertainment Exchange. Yeah, and yeah, it's it's so beautiful. Like, um, I mean, it, it reminds me a lot of Black Mirror because Black Mirror touches mm. a lot on how technology, you know, um, comes into and interacts with us, etc. But you know, but it's, it's Black Mirror with a heart, isn't it? I mean, Black Mirror with hearts. There's a lot of heart in this. Mm. It's. Uh, I love this. I couldn't. I couldn't recommend this enough. Really, I was to be fair. I was torn between this and uh, Hot Fuzz for first. You know, yeah. It's it's it doesn't invite you to mock this guy. It's kind of saying it invites genuine um, emotion, and I think such a great editing job because there's it's it's quite tight. I mean, it's not short, but mm. there's it, it not a wasted frame. And the, the, apparently, there was this like big subplot with Chris Cooper in it, and they just thought we don't need that. No, uh, and I think a lot of a lot of directors editors could learn from from that. I think. Mm. Um, well, I know your top two. You know my top two. Uh, in second place, um, it is Homeward Bound. Uh, as <laughs> already mentioned it. Uh, my top two moved around back and forth a bit, but this I've settled on this. Mine too. Uh, yeah, it's it's um, it's two dogs and a cat making their way uh, across North America. I think the original is in Canada, but I think they might have moved this one down to, um, to the US. Because the, the original film of this, um, The Incredible Journey, based, based on the book by, book by Sheila Burford, um, the, I saw the original film for the first time a couple of years ago, and uh, it's uh, very different. It's all, all narrated, whereas in, in this one, the um, the animals basically talk. Um, only each other can hear them, roughly. Uh, it's just such a beautiful movie, and the ending is the greatest movie ending of all time. Uh, I will brook no argument on this. Uh, if you haven't seen <laughs> Home Abound, what are you doing? Go and check out Home Abound. You're forgiven if you don't bother watching Home Abound 2, which uh, is <laughs> less endearing. I remember it very clearly as well because I watched it in my friend's place. Um, mm. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's about two dogs and a cat yeah. trying I mean, to find a way home. What, the, what more do you want? Well, exactly. I mean, I, I saw this as a kid. I think it was Jostling with Free Willy is my favorite film as a kid. And they, yeah. to this day, both still great classics. Yeah. Well, you didn't hear people talking about Homer Brown that much these days. No. Good film. Mm. Uh, my number one is Hot Fuzz. I, I was torn. I was torn. Mm. I was moving between Hot Fuzz and her. I, I love both these films. And I, I, Hot Fuzz is clever. And very, very clever. Mm. All the mm. foreshadowing is insane. All the seeds that Edgar Wright plants into his script. And then you see them pay off at the end. It's so satisfying. It's so, so satisfying mm. to watch. Um and yeah, yeah, I love it. And we spoke about it. <laughs> so yeah. And uh, number one for me is her, which you've also talked about. And uh, uh, yes, I say I think my original list had Homerbound top, but uh, I thought, you know what? I didn't realize that bit where they catapulted a cat off a cliff. So, uh, <laughs> so her is didn't, that didn't happen in her. Uh, right here we go. Then ninety-four <sighs> films to get through, Dijon. Jeez, there must be a way of summarizing this. Making it shorter. You. Well, I, I want to thank all our all our all our our listeners for their submissions so uh, we're going to go through them all but there's a lot of repeats um, Karen has said uh, Hidden Figures as well and all three High School Musical films are you strong as a man who likes oh. the High School Musical films Ejen? no? no <laughs> no I, have you seen them? I've seen the first, first one. one yeah yeah it's okay okay I've not seen any of them but there you go Karen's a fan uh, that, that, that's going to crop up a few times um, John uh, John Kingsley you know John uh, has gone for Home Alone which um, didn't make our lists but is a, is an all time classic of course because mm-hmm. a Christmas film and cannot be repeated still that formula we've, we've got the latest Home Alone and you saw it and it was it, yeah it was okay yeah. I suppose yeah. um, Rachel has given quite a few lists uh, well, Halloween 
if we did horror films, I'm sure Halloween would be uh, <laughs> on our list. Um, Harold and Kumar go to White Castle, which in this country was called Harold and Kumar get the munchies. Uh, I've seen that, and I what I didn't even uh, I I didn't like it. I've seen it when I remember when I came to university here in the UK, oh, yeah. and yeah, one of my uni mates was showing. Oh, this film is hilarious! I was like. Hmm. Not really. I'm just seeing two people doing drugs. <laughs> yeah, I had it on in the background whilst I was building a bookcase once. So that was the 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 amount of attention I was paying it. I thought it was fine. Um, Neil Patrick Harris is funny in it, but uh, yeah, that's that's uh, a good thing. Yeah. Then every Harry Potter film, um, <laughs> oh. uh, Hellboy, which I didn't love, if I'm honest. Uh, I think I which one? The first one? The I assume no. first. She didn't say, but I assume first one rather than the oh. remake. Um, uh, Guillermo del Toro uh, he's just not that into you surprise inclusion uh, Hollow Man which is another horror film I believe uh, Homer Bound we've talked about Honey I Shrunk the Kids I've talked about uh, the Hobbit trilogy surprisingly enough I didn't know anyone like those uh, uh, no, no. <laughs> uh, The Holiday which again I think I, I need to watch it again sometime I didn't love it at all the first time but people speak very warmly of The Holiday mm. so maybe I'll go back to it uh, and that's Rachel's film thank you Rachel a lot of films there uh, Pete has said How to Train Your Dragon which is why Brent came to mind um, it's a good film though to be fair hmm. Dreamworks right yeah yeah. Uh, James friend of the podcast James uh, has said Hot Fuzz uh, as well uh, Kate has gone for Hairspray which is on my Disney Plus list but I've never got around to watching yeah I enjoy that too it's very catchy songs too mm. Good Morning Baltimore um, High School Musical The Holiday and The Help uh, Simon, my brother, has gone for the High School Musical trilogy. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Uh, and he also put that that he just put it in because we have to mention it. He here. just wanted to mess up our list, I think. Um, yeah, exactly. He's also gone for The Hours, which is his favourite film. Virginia Woolf, we talked about it last time, I think, in, in passing. Uh, um, Hairspray, another one for that. Uh, Her, he's also a fan of Her. Uh, good man. Uh, a Home at the End of the World, which I briefly looked at it's based on a book i don't know it. i don't know that film uh, and something called hasi tofasi um which is bollywood he's got, he's really been getting into bollywood recently you ever, wow you ever okay. watched any bollywood i've watched a few but they are so long like four hour long films well so. that's what yeah apparently this one isn't i think it's this one he, he's been trying to get me into it so maybe i'll go to it but i think he was watching one the other day and saying oh it's only an hour and a half so check it out yeah. uh marley says hot fuzz uh, Bob, Bob Hedge, you know Bob, uh, has given us quite a long list. Uh, Help, uh, which is another Beatles film, um, but they had more drugs, so it was weirder. <laughs> it's a, a it's a story of of a group of people trying to steal the ring from Ringo's hand. Um, yeah, the Beatles wow. were kind of wrote it, and they're like just very stoned and like we want to go skiing next scene's going to be on a, a, a ski centre or a ski centre a mountain uh, Hard Day's Night though he's also mentioned uh, Halloween Highlander have you seen Highlander? no I've not seen Highlander they're making, doing a remake of it as well right? are they? Mm, are they? I believe so oh, they are because I made a there can be only one joke uh, mm. when you mentioned it and good times were had uh, I'm sorry Bob and, and other people because people love Highlander it's not good um <laughs> Anyway, Hercules, which I thought might be on your list as a Disney fan, but there you go. Mm. Uh, Herbie Rides Again, uh, which is about the Volkswagen Beetle called Herbie. Uh, the Hunger Games, uh, Heathers, which has got a few votes, which has uh, got a musical, I believe, at the moment. Oh, the uh, musical is very funny. I, I love the oh, musical. Okay. I've not seen the, the film. That's with Winona Ryder, wasn't it? Uh, yes, I think so. I've not seen it. Uh, it strikes me as being uh, too unpleasant for me. It's very dark. Yeah. Uh, another vote for Hot Fuzz. A vote for the High School Musical trilogy. Oh. <laughs> That's surprising. I, I know, I've, I've known Bob. I've the, been in many the years. trilogy no as well. A- come on. Come on, guys. Like, at least, you know, if, if you just nominated the first High School Musical, <laughs> I could give you some credibility right. to it. But the trilogy, they objectively get worse and worse. Well, if you don't like um, if you don't like that, he's also gone for all eight Harry Potter films, <laughs> <laughs> and another vote for Home Alone. Uh, your friend, my friend, Alan Moore has gone for The Hangover, uh, which I've not seen. I've uh, seen The Hangover Three. Yes, good. <laughs> another vote for Hot Fuzz. He has gone for Hamilton. The uh, thing, um, Heat, which I hilariously referred to earlier, um, Robert De Niro, Al Pacino, Michael Mann directed. What I didn't put in the news section is that Michael Mann is releasing a sequel slash prequel to Heat in novel form. 
confusingly. Mm. Anyway, uh, I quite liked it, but I don't really get what all the fuss is about. Uh, also, The Heat, uh, starring Sandra Bullock and <laughs> Melissa McCarthy. Um, we apparently Alan Moore's a big fan of Sandra Bullock. He's also going for How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days. Um, John has got another vote in for Highlander. Darren has gone for Harvey. Uh, thank you, Darren. Uh, Happy Gilmore. And oh. a film called Heart and Souls, which I'd never heard of, which I looked up. Uh, Robert Downey Jr., who is contacted by four guardian angels who want him to rectify what they didn't manage to do in their lives or something. Huh. Uh, it got very middling reviews, but uh, okay. there you go. Uh, your friend, my friend, David Park Froud, has put in a vote for Heathers and for Home Alone and for Halloween. Uh, Philip's gone on The Hunt for Red October, which is the, um, uh, the first Jack Ryan film. Oh. Alec Baldwin in a submarine with Sean Connery playing a Russian. Uh, Adam's gone for Happy Gilmore. Uh, Katie's gone for Hereditary, which is a horror film, and therefore I know nothing about it. Uh, Darren has gone The Heat, Hot Fuzz Hangover. Victoria's gone ho- uh, Home Alone. Uh, John's gone for Howl's Moving Castle. You're not a Howl's Moving Castle fan? I enjoyed it, but it's not my favourite Studio Ghibli's film, mm. I would say. Mm. Uh, Emma has gone for Home Alone, and Uniquely has gone for Home Alone 2. Uh, my mother has gone for Harvey. Good choice. Uh, Judy has gone for Hannah and her sisters. Uh, Rob has gone for The Hangover and Happy Gilmore for the crazy golf scene alone. Whatever that means. I have seen it, but I don't really remember it. Uh, and his wife, Kari, a, fan of the, a big fan of the show, Kari, um, has gone for Hercules again and every Harry Potter film after the second one, which is the correct analysis of the Harry Potter series. Um, everyone who's gone for all Harry Potter films, what are you talking about? Uh. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. We have a top ten, Zijan. Yes, finally. And here it is. In ten, uh, it's The Hunchback of Notre Dame, liked by you and no one else. It's um, so weird, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. We get so much power. I love this. In nine, uh, it's The Hunt for the World of People, which I'll be honest, I thought was going to get more votes. I thought you might vote for it. I thought others might vote for it, but no, it's just me. Um, then we have A Hard Day's Night, uh, equal with that, which has got me and uh, and Bob. Um, we went to eight points each, which is joint fifth uh, for Hidden Figures, you and Karen. Uh, the Help, which got votes from you and me and... Someone else, I can't remember who it was now, I'm afraid. Uh, and then Hacksaw Ridge, which is just you, and it would have been me had I remembered it. So um, <laughs> um, uh, maybe it should be slightly higher up. Uh, we're into the, the top three, because in joint third... Um, wait a minute. I forgot to put your top vote in. <laughs> this is this is, a, this is awkward. A shambles, Ian. An absolute shambles. This is awkward. Luckily, you can cut all this off, Colin. I could do. Where was I? Um, fourth place is Harvey. from Votes from me and two others. Great film. And we're into the top three now. Yep. Uh, in, th- in third place with 13 points. Uh, huge number of points from me, small number of points from you, and points from one other person, uh, which was Rachel. Uh, it's Homeward Bound. Good film. Um, great film. Um, that's with 13 points. But the joint top with 20 points apiece. Oh, it's joint. Nice. Joint top. I'm not sure we've had a joint top before. It's her and Hot Fuzz. My joint top, then. Yeah, there you go. You have, uh, you have spoken for us all. Um, her, it got 10 points from me, 9 points from you, and a point from Simon. Uh, Hot Fuzz was a huge favourite. Well, a joint favourite from our, from our listeners with Home Alone, which didn't quite make our top 10. Um, but five points from me, ten points from you, and five points from our listeners to give it uh, twenty points as well. There you go. Nice. Top ten H films. We have just got time, Zijan, to do the uh, the quiz. By which I mean I'm going to have to cut some stuff out <laughs> to get it done. Uh, it's on average Hitchcock, Grace Kelly films. I'm going to kick us off by asking you which of Grace Kelly's romantic co-stars from these films was twenty five years older than her. Oh, it's Cary Grant. It was Cary Grant. They're all yep. at least 20 years older than hers, but he was the oldest. <laughs> yep. Question uh, one. Who reprised their role in Thou M for Murder after winning the Tony Award for said role? Uh, that was John Williams, wasn't it? That's correct. Oh, not the composer. Um, which of these three films? So I should say there only are three films that uh, Alfred yep. Hitchcock made with Grace Kelly. Which of them won an Oscar? Uh, it would be to catch a thief. Correct. We're going to repeat a lot of questions. Guys. I suspect we might just just because you, there's only, there's only <laughs> you haven't films. heard it yet. You complain when there's uh, when there's too many films. <laughs> oh, no. uh, question two. According to Rear Window, nothing has caused the human race so much trouble as 
Ooh. I've seen Rear Window a few times, but um, I don't know this. Uh, cities. Intelligence. All right. Mm. Um, which of the three films um, was the inspiration for the Simpsons, the Simpsons episode, Bart of Darkness? Bart of Darkness. Ooh. Heart of Darkness. Heart of Darkness. <laughs> <laughs> Think of all the puns. Uh, I would go for Rear Window. It was Rear Window. Bart with his telescope. The, the title is a pun on of, of on Heart of Darkness, which was a, a book by Joseph Conrad that became Apocalypse Now uh, and has nothing much to do with the uh, the plot line. But yes, the the episode was um, was inspired by Rear Window. Uh, question three. To Catch a Thief was nominated for three Academy Awards, winning one. Which one was it? Best Cinematography. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, question four. Who wrote the stage play, Dial M for Murder? Uh, Frederick Knott. It was Frederick Knott. Question four. In which movie is the only movie which Grace Kelly is seen holding a cigarette? Being a non-smoker, she refused to smoke in all her movies. Um, that's a very good question. <laughs> to which I, I don't know the answer um, so I'm going to say it was the first of these three which I think was Dial M for Murder it's Rear Window actually Rear Window you see I I had a vague yeah okay I had a vague feeling I could fit it up I thought if she's going to insist he won't do it that it must have been the first one anyway maybe I've got the timeline wrong uh, so you're already one Zijan but can you get full marks in this quiz by telling me uh, in which New York borough is Rear Window set <sighs> I'm going for Manhattan. It is Manhattan. Five from five. Very good. Uh, question five, which you've asked already. Which of the three romantic co-stars does Grace Kelly have the largest age difference with? Uh, Carrie Grant. There. there we go. <laughs> uh, a good win for you, Zijam. Um, good work. What are we quizzing on next time? Uh, we mentioned him before, so I thought, why not? Mark Foster films. Cool. And what is our main topic for next time? Oh, this is going to be a long one to explain. Um, so, we all know that Doctor Strange is coming out with the multitude of multiverse of madness. The, the multitude of multiverse, yep. <laughs> so, Colin and I decided it would be fun to talk about who may appear in the multiverse of madness because anyone could come. Anyone yeah, there's could appear. all sorts Kristen of. Kristen uh, Dunst may come. Kirsten, we could she be. She would. We could be. As, for all we know, the <laughs> phone is yet to ring. Uh, there's rumors of cameos, so we're going to rattle through them and see who we think might be there. Uh, looking forward to it. We'll see you then. Bye.